Welcome to Start, Scale, Sustain, a story-driven podcast for the nonprofit leader and entrepreneur. I'm your producer, Molly Heacock, and I'm joined today by founder and CEO of Care for AIDS, Justin Miller. Thanks, Molly. Uh, I'm excited about this topic today. I feel like this is the one area that if I had to attach the single greatest factor that has contributed to the success of Care for AIDS, I would probably say that this has been it. And so I look forward to unpacking it today. Awesome. Well, today we are going to talk about focus and how as a nonprofit leader and as an organization, like you said, Justin, focus is potentially the one most important metric of success. So let's get started by talking about um, what do you mean when we say focus for an organization? Well, it's really understanding with great clarity and conviction exactly where it is you're trying to head and eliminating the distractions that cause us to look around us instead of what's ahead of us. And it's not that we need to have blinders on and ignore the environment that we're in and the other opportunities that are out there, but not letting ourselves become so um, preoccupied by other distractions or shiny things that we forget the core mission that we're facing. And uh, in our world, we call it mission drift sometimes when you uh, start to drift towards other uh, needs or problems that you feel like you could solve. And that's what makes it even harder. I think in this social space is that you really want to, you don't want any, um, any person or uh, communities need to go unmet. But at the end of the day, you only have so many um, hours. You only have so many people, so many dollars. You have to try to apply those in the way that will create the greatest impact. And I think focus is a multiplier of impact. That's huge. There's a story from the very beginning of Care for AIDS that I love that I think really is the perfect example of how focus in the long term can create so much more impact than just doing what you feel is right at the time. Um, Why don't you share that story? Well, Molly, I think this story will illustrate how hard it can be to choose the path of focus, especially in the day we live in uh, this day when focus is such a, a rare commodity and people have so many things that are competing for their time and their attention that choosing to commit and choosing to uh, stay in one area or focus for so for an extended period of time is a really, really hard thing to do. But as you mentioned, I think back to this conversation that happened, it was the summer of 2008 and Care Freights had just been started. And we were sitting around a conference table in Kenya in this little house that was doubling as our office. It was the international headquarters of, of Care for AIDS, if you will. And I was sitting there and we had a, a whopping budget of $1,500 per month to do the ministry that we were trying to do. And I was sitting there around this table with my co-founders, Cornell and Duncan, and we were kind of just unpacking the the budget for the month and talking about the different programs. And there was this line item that I didn't recognize. And it was a it was a line item for a feeding program for these orphans in the community. And it was a, it was a couple hundred dollars a month, which, you know, to us today, that's a pretty trivial amount of money. Um, but our mission had been, let's care for these parents that are living with HIV and AIDS, because we think that is going to give these children the best chance of success. And I asked the guys, I said, tell me about this program um, and they said, well, this is, this is something that it's really important because these children and these orphans in the community, they don't go to school on the weekends and so they don't get a good meal. 
So we bring them into the church and we feed them. We do some education programs with them. We teach them about HIV and AIDS. I mean, what a, what a noble and, and worthy cause. And I sat there in a moment that was, I think was a defining moment for us as an organization. And I said, guys, we've got to kill the orphan program. And that is just one of the hardest decisions to make to withhold care from a group that you know is in such a desperate place. But I knew that was just the beginning of us going down a path where we were reacting to the needs that were around us and not committing to the mission that we had set out to do. And as we look back on where we are today and the fact that we've been able to prevent about 32,000 children from becoming orphans, I often reflect on what it might look like had we chosen to not only care for parents with HIV, but also do programs to feed and educate children. I think we would have just divided our focus and ultimately diminished the impact that care rates could have had. That's huge. I love thinking about, yeah, at the time you're sacrificing feeding a couple hundred kids, but then 10 years down the road, it's so easy to say, did we want to feed a hundred kids or did we want to prevent 32,000 kids from becoming orphaned in the first place? And it's such wisdom, um, to really, to always sacrifice, uh, reactivity for strategy, um, which has been the story of care for AIDS since that day. I think you're right. It was a defining moment. And ever since then, we've been committed to, to focus. So Justin, for our listeners who are either potentially starting an organization or running a small or medium sized nonprofit, what are some filters that they can use to say, how do I maintain focus? Cause not everyone can just kill the orphan program with as much ease as you did. Um, so help our listeners kind of look through a lens that can help them say yes or no to things. What are you implying Molly? That I'm just a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a heartless uh, person. Well, I, I do want to just give you some, uh, some questions today, but I, I first just want to share that. I, I do think this is really, really hard. I think there's a lot of forces that are, that are fighting against us being able to focus. And I just want to name those really quickly. Cause I think that will help us, um, be more aware of the things that are trying to steal focus from our lives. I think obviously the fear of focusing is a big one. Um, we don't want to be, we don't want to miss an opportunity. We don't want to become irrelevant. And so we oftentimes um, diffuse our attention into many different places. Obviously the overload, we just grow weary of saying no to so many things that we eventually just give in and say yes to things that are not really that important. I love the quote John Maxwell says, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. Uh, And that's the truth. There's just so many things that are really trivial in our lives. Obviously, there's some of us that are just so driven that we're, we just get bored at times and we want to satisfy that desire for something new and, and different and exciting. And, and that can be a, a good, healthy desire when leveraged, but it can also be something that can undermine our focus. Uh, obviously, short term thinking is a big part of this as well. And a lot of things that are exist in nonprofits and businesses actually reward short term thinking, but don't reward that long-term commitment to, uh, an issue or initiative. So, um, that is one thing that's working against us. And then there's this ego piece. Obviously a a leader's ego can always be a challenge to overcome. And we oftentimes as, as driven, ambitious entrepreneurs, we, we want to win. We want to do things 
bigger, better, and faster than other people have done them before. And that's not a bad uh, instinct to do that, but sometimes we can let that drive um, take priority over what's in the best interest of the organization. And we can find ourselves in this trap that Jim Collins calls the undisciplined pursuit of more. And I think that's something that we have to be very careful to guard against. So with those things in mind, as we think through, you know, now we know all the things that can steal our focus. What are those filters that you use um, to help you make those decisions about when to say yes and when to say no? I think it's important to think about this in the context of a decision that we've been having to make recently at Care for AIDS. We've been trying to understand after 10 years of doing basically the same program uh, with obviously continuous improvement, but pretty much the same program to the same group of customers or clients, if you will, uh, we're starting to make a change. And uh, for an organization as relentlessly focused as we are, we were very careful to enter into some new areas. But we felt like this decision checked the boxes on some of these questions. And let me say, first of all, I'm going to give you five questions today. I think there are some preliminary questions that you have to ask even before you get to these questions. Like, is this financially viable for our organization? What, how will the stakeholders of our organization respond to this move? And, uh, and I think those are things that you have to, to wrestle with. But I think you need to take it down another level and really dig into the decision. The first question we like to ask is, does this align with our stated mission, vision, and values? I mean, this is just the, the basic gut check of, are we drifting away for any number of the reasons we talked about earlier, or is this still in line with what we're trying to do? And for us, we're talking about a new program that's still going to help us empower people to live a life beyond AIDS. And if we're still able to do that, and we feel like this program is going to to create as much impact as the other stuff that we're trying to do, then that makes sense for us. So I think that's, that's just the first filter you have to run it through. The second question is, if we didn't do this, what could we do? And I think understanding that opportunity cost is really, really important. And we had a time in our organization where we were doing these this, these programs on college campuses where we were spending about $75,000 a year to raise 200. And it wasn't just the financial investment, but there was a lot of energy from our team being expended to work on these college campuses. And finally the day, the day came where we realized if we took that $75,000 and we redirected the energy that our team was applying is there something else that we could do that we think could have a greater impact? And it was really hard to let go of that program because it was a, it was a personal project that had had a lot of meaning to me personally, but uh, you do have to, as they say, you have to be willing to kill your darlings. And that was one of the things that we um, had to let go of because we thought that we could apply this time and this resources to a better use. The next thing I would say which this is a question that I, that I borrowed from Jim Collins and it's, can we be the best in the world at it? I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be the most premium product or service. It just means that for the customers that you're trying to serve in the market where you're trying to deliver a value, can you do what you're trying to do and be better than anybody in the world at it? And for us, 
you know, we believe that as we venture into some rural parts of Kenya to try to help bring the care that we've delivered for 10 years in the urban context, we think we, with the right people and the right training and the right design of our programs, we can be the best in the world at delivering HIV care to those living in the rural parts of Africa. The fourth question is, how will this impact our employees or our team? I know that this is maybe something that crosses people's minds in terms of, do we have enough people to carry out this work? And that is an important question, but I think we're going to talk in later episodes about the, the team and the culture. And I think this is so important of, you know, where is this project going to fall on our team? And is it going to push us beyond the limits of what our capacity is? Is it going to start to erode our culture because people are going to be working so hard or is it going to divert attention from other parts of the business that are really important? And we don't want to get to a place where there's high turnover or low morale or there's things that are being affected that we didn't see as an unintended consequence of this decision. So that's, I think you have to ask about how is this going to affect our people? And then the last question I would say is just how will this affect our core business or program? I I think that you should always have an eye towards innovation and looking for the next thing in your space. But we all have some kind of core business that's probably 70, 80% of what we do. And we have to be aware of, is this new initiative going to cannibalize sales from that? Is it going to take attention away from that? Is it going to pull critical resources out of that, um, out of that program and put them into something else that will compromise the effectiveness of our program? We have to keep our mind on our core business and continuing to innovate in that core business, but not um, stripping that down at the expense of something new and shiny that we want to chase after. So I think that all those questions, if you can get to the end of those questions and say, um, yes, we can go into this new frontier, this new initiative and not um, hurt our core business, not hurt our people, not divert from our mission and vision. And we can be the best in the world at it. Uh, I think that's something that is then ready to, to actually go into um, in implementation. And I think that's where we are as an organization right now are at a point where we have, have answered those questions and we're excited to, to roll out something new. Uh, but it feels a lot different than it did 10 years ago when we were talking about feeding uh, orphans because we are operating within our mission and vision and we're doing something that we know is going to move that down the field further. That's huge. And I would say, especially for those listeners who are just now starting an organization or, or a small business that just like you did, Justin, creating those boundaries on the front end and saying focus is important to us in the very beginning is a huge step. Um, it's so hard to refocus after years of spreading focus and not looking at decisions through those five questions. So um, I think those are super helpful lenses to look at when making a decision about a program or new business. Um, but for our listeners, if there was just one bite-sized takeaway that you would give to them about focus and why it's so important, what would that be? Molly, it's simply that focus is a multiplier of impact. 
And when people come and say, Justin, can you come and do what you do in India? Well, you know, no, sorry. When people say, can you, you know, help build wells in the communities where you work? No, these, these are all good things. Um, and we've been invited into so many opportunities, but the truth is, is like, we have reached this point 10 years in because we have been so, uh, relentless in our focus. And Steve Jobs said it one time and I, and I echo it that, um, that he's as, he was as proud of the things that they didn't do as the things that they did. And he said the innovation is saying no to a thousand things. And I think we, I am as extremely proud of what we have said no to over the years. And at times that's been extremely difficult either because we were, felt like we were cheating uh, some people from some services or it just felt like it'd be a fun project to work on. But at the end of the day, I think we have the success to show uh, of what CareFrades has accomplished because of our um, this belief that focus is a multiplier of impact. And we have committed to that and uh, have tried to live that out every single day. Thanks so much, Justin. This has been a great discussion about focus. Um, we hope you'll all join us next week as we launch into the sustain portion of the podcast. We're going to kick that off by talking about self-leadership. So as always, uh, you can find more information on justintmiller.com. You can find Justin on social media. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, we would appreciate a review, a comment. Um, and thanks so much. We look forward to talking with you next week.